Hey guys, welcome to the movie show epidemic. Uh, this is episode 14. I like doing this show, you guys. Yeah, this, is, this is a gooder. This is probably, of all the podcasts we do, this is probably the one that I like the most and don't skip out on the most. <laughs> the show, we have Chadley, J. Chadley. Uh, what's your last name? Chadley. Okay. Just making sure I pronounced it correctly. Um, and we also got our boy Hardner J. Hardner, who's been with us for the last few episodes. This is fantastic. Did we did some uh, good stuff to talk about today, Chadley? Yeah, we're going to be talking about a few movies. We're going to be talking about the new Bill Murray, Melissa McCarthy joint, St. Vincent, uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, the next in our James Bond saga, and a kind of half sort of pretending to be James Bond like movie called The November Man starring Ooh. former James Bond star Almost Pierce forgot Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, we watched that a few nights ago. But uh, we got we got some good movies on the uh, on the toll today, but we never we didn't discuss which of these we want to talk about first. We want to do we want to do we want to jump right into St. Vincent? Uh, what do you think, Gardner? Sounds good to me. Yeah, sure. Mm. So St. Vincent is about uh, Bill Murray, who is like the, one of my favorite actors in the world, uh, Bill Murray comes out and he is a a Vietnam War vet who is very uh, grumpy and and angry throughout his old age, and then he is forced to babysit his new neighbor's young child, and then he was like, ah, oh, look, a way to make money, and then he ends up bonding with the kid. It's a cute story, and here's here's the deal about this movie, and this is what I I, I just want to say before we start, I really like it, I really really like it, but. Uh, one thing that I really like about it is that they managed to take a litter of really shitty, terrible, unlikable characters and then throw them into charming circumstances, and then suddenly, bam, we like those characters. You Even know what I like about that? Is that at what? the end of the movie, they didn't try and change those characters and make them, like, all of a sudden just really good people, like they tend yeah. to do with a lot, a lot of movies nowadays where they're heartwarming, like... He learns to love and care again by spending time with the kid. No, it's not that shit. It's just you learn what's good about these shitty people, and you learn why they're the way they are. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I agree with that a lot. Now, I have one question. I have one question about this movie, and actually about Hollywood in general. Why the fuck is Chris O'Dowd not in, like, everything? That good, that guy's amazing. So funny. <laughs> Chris O'Dowd is fucking amazing. Ever since IT crowd, like... It's like, guy's been amazing. Like, he was fine in that, but, like, once he gets into a movie role, it's like, wow, he is so fucking good. Like, oh, so funny. <laughs> but he was and the even, only like, redeeming quality of This I, Is 40. I hate Melissa McCarthy, but even but Bill Murray somehow made her pull out a good performance. At least, well, yeah, yeah, I thought that, too. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Melissa McCarthy, but then on the exact same... Uh, on the exact same panel there, we also had Naomi Watts, which is an actress that I liked, and I didn't think she was very good in this, and I didn't like her character at all. Not even at the end. The uh, the Russian? Yeah, the Ru the Russian stripper hooker. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I thought that she was just kind of... I don't know. I, she was nasty in the same way that Bill's, Bill Murray's character was nasty, but there wasn't enough to like about her. There weren't those redeeming qualities. She was just kind of <laughs> cunty. I, I love I love Russian accents. I think they're hilarious. So <laughs> <laughs> very pro very professional like, movie. Like, like the review. review. <laughs> it's comedy. Yeah. Um. 
I I do have one question about this movie though. Is it a is it a sequel to Stripes? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, there the movie started off, and we got these you know we got these characters, and they're thrown into this circumstance where suddenly they have to spend a bunch of time, and Bill Murray starts to notice that this kid is sort of a pussy, so he teaches him how to fight, and he teaches him how to gamble. I did find like it kind that. of weird how quickly this old crotchety man like became friends with this kid. Like, well, I think I think it was because nobody really liked him, and suddenly there was somebody who found him whimsical in a way, and he didn't quite understand it. I think I felt like he was trying to learn why this kid liked him the whole movie. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And then we had the. Uh, we had the subplot line uh, about his wife, who I think what she has dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and she's staying in this this place, and he goes and visits her as a doctor and pretends to be a doctor. Those were some good bits. Those were some good bits. And I don't know that I I felt like that sort of subplot line really humanized Bill Murray's character to more than just this ooh this stereotypical I'm angry guy. It gave. It also gave him all the motivation for all the terrible things he does throughout the movies. Like, he he gambles a lot, but it's because he's trying to make money so that his wife can stay in this uh, yeah. this this help this care home. Which I mean is a terrible way to make money so someone can stay in a care home. But whatever. And just yeah, just he like, didn't oh. he didn't have a he didn't have a job. Well, he had, he had his pension from being a veteran, I would assume, and yeah, he had he had taken out a second. Uh, he'd taken out a line of credit against his house previously, which had just run out at the beginning of the movie, which is why he starts coming into a lot more money troubles then. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's the one thing that I thought, thought weird. Now that we're on that topic, that's one thing I thought was weird about this movie, is that at the beginning of the movie, they, they almost they almost bring up that plot line of him having, be, you know, being somewhat financially unstable as a conflict throughout the film. And it was a conflict throughout the film, but it never really was... You know, uh, it wasn't really a conflict that they fixed. It was something that they were just like, ah, he learned to deal with it. I mean, I guess, I guess well, the no. fact that he no longer has to pay for his wife to be in that facility. But I, t- I totally agree because I mean, like, like, like you said, he doesn't have to pay for her to be in the facility anymore. But there was still all the debt that was in the facility because he owed them like months, months of back pay. And then he had the the bookie, or or the loan shark story. Who yeah, was gonna, what like, the beat fuck? The shit out of him, and then Summary strokes out and goes to the hospital. But you never see the loan shark again. Like he just no longer yeah. cares about his money because the guy had a stroke. They're and, like, oh, oh, he he had a stroke. We had a stroke, you guys. That's that's payback enough, I guess. I understand in the moment. It's like let's not touch him just in case he dies, and then yeah. we're held liable. But like after he's fine and is up walking again, it's like yeah, let's go beat the shit out of him again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's go bust I mean, some kneecaps. I feel like what they should have done is they should have gone with something like he finally ended up suing that moving company, and then he got the money back that way. Or just literally anything that sort of wrapped that together, but instead it was just like, uh, so we'll just forget about that. Like, it never happened to be in with. So one thing that I want to bring up is that uh, throughout the movie, the, the Russian stripper hooker is pregnant, Daka, and uh, at the end of the movie, she has the kid, and then she's just kind of living with Bill Murray. Like, is he that kid's dad, or like... It never says. I think the main reason she's living with him is because she's taking care of him because he's stroked out, but and she obviously needs a place to live because she can't strip. 
I'm that's not... another thing I thought weird is that he went to the bank. Oh fuck. He went to the bank, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you have negative money." And then she comes in. She's like, "It'll be fifteen dollars an hour." And he was like, "Okay, cool." And it's like, "Whoa, where the fuck did he get the money to pay her fifteen dollars an hour?" Well, especially at twelve. I I think the main thing there was that he no longer he knew he didn't have to pay for his wife anymore. But you know know what else? And like this all goes back to the financial thing that just kind of didn't make a lot of sense. This movie took place in America, and he was in the hospital for a fair portion of his time. He would not have any money. He had health insurance, though. They do specifically show that he had health insurance, which, I mean, would have covered some of it, but probably not all of it, you're right. But, it said it, but no, at the beginning, they showed his health, health insurance, and it said it wouldn't cover even a fucking, uh, like, what was it? A, uh, you know what I'm talking about, when you, they look at a baby. I forget what that word is it's called. It's called an ultrasound, and the reason it wouldn't cover yeah, it is because he right. wasn't, she's not covered under his insurance. That was, that was the thing. Okay, she, all right, all right, that makes sense. They passed it off as if she was covered under his insurance because they'd just gotten married, and they hadn't transferred it over. But in reality, yeah, she wasn't just she, he was trying to he was trying to be fraudulent about it. But he didn't have insurance. Okay, that all right. I, I, that makes sense to me now. That makes sense. Thank you, Hardner. I, Hardner, I just need to watch all my movies with you so I can be like, oh, why? And then you and then you just you have all the explanations because you're very much smarter than me. you're so much smarter than me. Just too busy like like t- texting during movies or something. I don't know. He doesn't really That's, watch. That is correct. <laughs> I haven't in a while. I haven't in a while. Uh, overall, uh, this movie had a few good performances. Number one for Bill Murray. He's so good. Uh, Melissa McCarthy was okay. That kid, though, he had never been in anything other than a short film until he did this movie. And for a kid, it's fucking good. Like, fucking really good. I have a question about that kid, though. Like, was he fucking malnourished? He is so scrawny. Yeah. He had weak nerd arms. Not all. I don't know, man. He, like, like you could you could wrap like your tiny finger around his entire wrist. Also, yeah. why did why did he become friends with the kid that he broke that he broke the nose of? Because uh, because bullies only learn respect after you destroy them. That's how life works. <laughs> yeah. Okie doke. He beat the shit out of that kid and broke his nose. That was that that part was awesome. There, yeah. And he called him a pussy. I think it is worth to note that this was. From a first-time writer, this movie, so that probably explains a few of the flaws about it. But like overall, like I feel like it was really well written for most of the dialogue and stuff. Like everybody was really humanized throughout the movie. So the movie had some plot holes, but I'm gonna be honest, I loved it. Yeah, I was, really I loved it. it. Really yeah. I don't know if that just has to do with my undying love for Bill Murray or what, but. Yeah, that's true. My my view is probably skewed slightly. I don't know. I don't know though. I thought that my undying I thought my undying love with for Bill Murray was going to be canceled out by my, uh, you know, vengeful hatred against Melissa McCarthy for ruining the film industry. But yeah, well, um, she wasn't she wasn't doing a fat lady bit for most of it, really. So she yes, yeah, they didn't mention that she was fat once, and I gotta say, I appreciate that they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Because there, there, like, there would have been some, there would have been some places that Bill Murray could have been like, called her a fat cunt or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there could have been, but they didn't. One thing I thought was weird though is that, uh, uh, lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, when he was with his wife with Alzheimer's, she like remembered him for like, a second, and then the second he looks at her, she just like, forgot it. I, I, is that I. 
I don't know how. Is that is that how it works? That I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, also, the, also the kid's dad was hecka good looking. How did how did Melissa McCarthy even score that even for a minute? He was a lawyer too. Yeah, rich, good looking dude, and he was like, he looks at well, looking at her, and he's like, I want the Melissa McCarthy to play because maybe she was really really bombing when they first met, and then they got married and they had a kid, and then she uh-huh. didn't lose the baby weight and she gained more weight afterwards, well, and that's why he started sleeping around. Boom, I'm divorce. Not- I'm not specifically talking about her weight. I'm talking about the fact that she's not an attractive individual. But I'm saying she might have been attractive when they first got married. That, that was what I was going. Yeah, that's that's true. And maybe she's bombing bed. You know, you never know. These are the thing, these are the things you got to learn. This is the research you got to do. Oh yeah. Sure. Somebody find like, out. Is like, like Melissa McCarthy good in bed? Chadley's uh, what do they call you, the poon detective? <laughs> that's right. I do I do all my research. I do all my research before I, you know, do do what it is I do. But uh, overall, overall, I would say what? I would say hundred percent, hundred percent, fuck yes on this movie. Honestly, I didn't even know what this movie was about going into it. I just knew Bill Murray was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew he played an angry Vietnam vet. That's all I knew. I was like wildly surprised almost every everything that happened because like I I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't know what it was about. I all I seen was the poster. I'm like, yeah, let's watch this movie. Uh, also, Bill Murray, he's a, uh, who he's losing, he's losing years fast. He's going to die. Well, I was like really worried actually when I first saw him in that movie. It kind of like, it, it made me scared for the future, man. Because one day Bill Murray's not going to be alive. I well, know. thankfully, thankfully, hopefully, I go before he does, so I don't have to. Deal oh, with I'm, that. I'm sure that'll happen. Yeah, that I'm would sure be the <laughs> Like we already lost him. Oh my goodness! So yeah, I'd say I'd say 100% fuck yes. It surprised me. I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be mediocre, but actually I ended up really liking it. 100% fuck yes. You know, Bill Murray, he he's at that point in his life where he can pick and choose what he wants to do, and uh, he tends to pick things that are good these days. So yeah, that is also true. He also what was it? He picked the movie Zombieland. He did that role specifically to spite somebody, I think. Yes, yeah, to spike Garfield or something. Yeah, yeah it was to make fun of it because he he talked about his reason for taking it. That's movie. amazing. That's a, that is amazing. Also, Garfield, garbage film. Do not watch. Trash, absolutely trash. Bill Bill Murray got tricked into doing that movie. Did you know that? <laughs> well, that, that's what so. he does now. But that's kind of like uh, that. That might just be a joke. It was it was a misunderstanding because the guy who wrote it was named Ethan Cohen. And he didn't even read the script. He looked at the front and was like, oh, Ethan Cohen, one of them Cohen brothers. I, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll take this. And then it's like, oh, not the same Ethan Cohen. He's like, yeah, we fucking kidding me. And then he did the movie. And then he was very bitter about it because he got tricked. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that Garfield movie, but it's... I, I've heard nothing but bad things about it. You know, you know what I find so ridiculous, though, is that he talks about how much he was tricked into doing that Garfield movie and how, you know, like... Um, he hated doing that movie, but he did he do Garfield, a. Yeah, he played Garfield. He was the voice of Garfield, and it, it was actually he, he actually wasn't a bad Garfield. The movie was bad though. But the thing is, is he complained so much about that movie. Talk about how much he hated it, but he did a sequel to it. Yeah, Tale of Two <laughs> Two Kittens or something. Tale of yeah, Two Kitties. Like Tale of Two Kitties. Yeah, it's a it's a play on. He, he might have, did, did he sign on for like the sequel already? Like just when he did it originally, or was that just? Yeah, a that's that's what I thought. Maybe. I or, got or he was just joking about how about the whole initial thing 
No, that I don't think that is a joke because the guy who wrote it actually is named Ethan Cohen. Yeah, well, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't mean that that's the exact set of scenario just because one fact in the story was true. I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's true. Right. Just because I made eggnog the evening of Christmas Eve does not mean I actually shared it with Santa Claus, Brad. Just because there was actually eggnog. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> but what, it's, whatever it's you're metaphor, doing, okay? It's a don't, metaphor. Don't, don't you just ruined my good Garfield story, and now you're trying to ruin Christmas? So, what are you doing, Hardner? I'm actually the Grinch. Yeah. Uh, since we're on the topic of Bill Murray. <laughs> good segue. Let's talk about our top five Bill Murray movies. Yeah, that's what we yeah. got. Yeah. That's what we got on deck tonight. Some Bill Murray movements. Who wants yeah, to Bill, Who wants Bill Murray's to been in so many good movies. I, I'll, I'll start us off. I'll start off. My number five was also my number five uh, uh, time travel movie. It's Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. It's Groundhog Day. Everybody loves a little little bit of Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day is, is good. Absolutely. Movie fucks. And so does he in that movie, which is the best. Oh, he f- oh wait, wait. We didn't even mention this. He fucked. He fucked in the first five minutes. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. The prostitute. Yeah. He fucked the Russian prostitute within the first five minutes of St. Vincent. He fucked. Forgot to mention. Sorry. We can, we can move forward. This is, <laughs> what is uh, St. Vincent on the fuck meter, Chadley? Uh, it was pretty low on the fuck meter, but we there was some good fucking and uh, some good boob cuppage, I guess you could say. I would say it was a strong six. Yeah, a strong six. You know, maybe maybe five and a half. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Somewhere in that in that in that area, somewhere in that region. Hardner, what's your number five Bill Murray movie? Uh, my number five movie is a movie called Get Low. Um, Get Low. Yeah, Bill Murray plays a funeral home director who is hired <laughs> to hold a funeral for a man while he is still alive, because the guy wants to to see what people think about him. Yeah, I believe that's uh, Robert Duvall. Also. Yeah, it's a cool movie. It's uh yeah, it's pretty good. I remember we watched that one time. It's uh, Bill Murray is fucking hilarious in it, even though it's yeah. not really a comedy. <laughs> Dark comedy, really funny. Yeah. All right, uh, my number five is a little Wes Anderson joint called Rushmore. Early. That's that's one of the ones I haven't seen actually. Some it's a real early Wes movie, but uh, real good. Jason uh, Jason Schwartzman. And uh, Bill Murray up in That's the Baby Schwartzman, man. That's his first movie. Oh, yeah, he was so tiny. I could lift him. He's got the braces. So basically, you know, all the people who are in every Wes Anderson movie. All right, I'm with you. I'll follow you. Well, it's like his second movie, so it's it's in the progenitor days. Mm-hmm. Now, I know right. Bill Murray is in all the Wes Anderson movies, but, like, he has a pretty prominent role in this one. So. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. My number, my number four movie is a movie I'm sure you guys have heard of. Now I was trying to decide which of the two films I was gonna pick, and I did decide to go with Ghostbusters 2. It's unpopular. It's unpopular, but I do like it a little bit more than the first one. Unpopular uh, choice. I think I, I don't know. I, I find it more entertaining than the first one. I find the circumstances to be a little bit heavier. And uh, River of Slime. Come on now. <laughs> River. I River of Slime. I bathe in that shit. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I, I, I like both the Ghostbusters movies, so that's uh, I find that fair. Yeah. yeah. Harder. Yeah. Um, my number four is actually Rushmore, so that's been said. 
Hell yeah. Oh, Rushmore, we can move on move on through. What's your favorite Rushmore line? Um, I don't know if, it, if it's a line so much as it's um, all the scenarios when he's talking about all the clubs he's the leader of and it goes through the little shots where it's him at all the different clubs. Like, he's the leader of the beekeepers club and the fencing club and just, like, everything. That part's pretty good. Yeah, hell yeah. I like yeah. that part. Or no no wait wait my favorite my, my favorite my favorite Rushmore line is when he's talking to Bill Mo- Bill Murray and Bill Murray mentions that he's in Vietnam and he goes were you in the shit and Bill Murray turns to him he's like yeah I was in the shit <laughs> that's probably my favorite oh, part. I have, an, I have another question about Saint Vincent is it a, is it the second sequel to uh to is Rushmore the is it also yeah I, mean, I think it's I think it's a trilogy I think it goes Stripes then Rushmore then Saint Vincent speaking of Stripes my number four is Stripes. That's a good. That's a good movie. Stripes Fox. I really like all of those kind of um, Harold Ramis stripe or era movies like Groundhog Day, Stripes, uh, Meatballs. But I like Stripes a lot, so we'll throw that one on there. It's just nice. a good circumstance because, like, the first one they're in basic training, or I mean, like the first half of the movie they're in basic training, and they're like <laughs> they're like not qualified at all, and then they're in they're in a war. Like, it's fucking hilarious. My, my number three movie is a movie that every time I talk to somebody, they've either never heard of it or not seen it. This is this is a fucking gem, though. It's what probably his funniest movie he's ever been in. It's called What About Bob? And Bill Murray plays... Bill Murray plays sort of a, a, a crazy patient, and his uh, therapist, played by Richard Dreyfus, goes on vacation, and Bill Murray fucking follows him across the country and crashes his vacation. Such... A great movie with probably one of the best endings I've ever seen. I'm not gonna give it away, cause you gotta go watch it. But it's got one of the best endings of all time. What about Bob? Is an amazing Bill Murray movie. I did, it just missed my list, but I'm glad you mentioned it. So yeah, absolutely. It's it's a gem. Hardner, number three. Uh, my number three is the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, I really like that movie. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not really much you can say about Ghostbusters. Most people have seen it, and it's just a really funny movie, good movie. Rick, Rick Moranis is the best part of the whole franchise. It's true. Rick Moranis <laughs> is amazing. Man, I'm I'm sad he like had to go quit acting to go take care of his kids, man. But it's yeah, such but a freaking cool move. Like for all the reasons to have to quit acting, that's that's a pretty baller move. Yeah, but one thing here's the thing is that he did that in what like 1996, 1997 or something. His kids almost got to be grown up, right? He's got to be returning to the game. Right. Center. You you take your out when you can get it, man, or else they'll pull you right back in, and then you, you can never. And this is gonna go on a comeback tour, Brad. As, oh, fuck yeah! I think he's gonna he's gonna start showing up in every goofy comedy and every musical that fucking surfaces. Yeah, we'll see. I'd be interested. I'm not convinced, but we'll see. My number three has been mentioned already. This is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day Fox. So my number two is a movie that a lot of a lot of people haven't seen, and actually a lot of people judge it before they actually see it. They're like, oh, that looks dumb, but it's actually great. It's it's another it's another Wes Anderson joint. It's called The Life Aquatic with Steve Sizzo. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, his... uh, that's my number one. That is also my number one. That is my favorite. <laughs> I cracked, I cracked movie. you, I cracked you boys right open. It's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. It's my favorite Bill Murray movie. It's a perfect film, man. It's, it's a really good movie. It's so great. It is so good. But uh, also a great supporting cast as well. So Hardner, what is since we already know your number one, reveal your number two, sir. Uh, my number two movie is Caddyshack. Yeah. It is a really funny movie. Bill Murray doesn't necessarily have the most prominent role in it, but he's really fucking funny when he's on screen. That's true. When, when he is on screen, 
It is the good stuff. He, he just fucking murders. Caddyshack is a classic, man. It is. It's a very funny movie. My number two, uh, also been mentioned, Ghostbusters. I went with Ghostbusters 1. Um, I like them both, though. They're both good movies. No love yes. for Ghostbusters 2. I like Ghostbusters 2 better because Rick Moranis fucks in Ghostbusters 2. That's true. That, that is your entire like basis for how you like movies is the number of the number and ratio and positioning of the fucking. Well, we we, we did start the worldwide uh, fuck consortium. So, oh, is that, do we have do we have a website for that yet? <laughs> no, but we'll get it. <laughs> it's 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 a common. So my number one movie is a movie that came out I think in two thousand three. Some people love it, some people hate it. It's called Lost in Translation. Starring B. Murray <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson when she was she turned thirty today, so she must have been she must have been nineteen when she did that movie. Holy fuck, very young, very good movie though, and uh, Colby clearly doesn't love it very much. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be, but it's also not as good as a lot of people make it out to be. So. I agree. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, the only it's, thing that's saving it really is Bill Murray. So. Yeah, that's well. No, I I'm not gonna say that's true because that's not true. <laughs> I fucking I love this movie. I it's one of my favorite movies ever. So goddamn good. I've seen it a couple times and I'm good. Uh, I never have to watch it ever again. But the rest of the <laughs> movie movies on my list, I will watch those infinity times before I die. So. I've seen I've seen all of these multiple times except for the Life Aquatic. I've only seen that once. Ooh, you you're making a mistake there. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up. All right, so so there it is, Bill Murray. It's it's been it's been unanimously decided that the Life Aquatic is fucking good. So go and check it out. And this is the part of the show where we are gonna move on to uh, James Bond. We're gonna talk about little old Jimmy Bond. Old Jimmy B. Old Jimmy B. Now I feel like we're getting Mm. into the part of the saga where these actually are starting to feel more and more like actual movies. Rather than just you know like silly episodes of a of a TV show, you know like really because you know, this one had like every single one of the James Bond tropes in it, like within true. a very short period of time. Yeah, but it was but it was like it was cinematic. I'm talking about I'm talking about cinematography. They they still don't get the fight scenes need music. That's still that's still something <laughs> they're struggling with at this point. Still eludes them. I you know I I've seen I've I saw the um. The Austin Power movies back in the day, and I understood that they were based on this film series. They're a parody of this film series, but you never specifically really, this movie. You, yeah, this one and um, what was the other one? Um, I know which one, one you're talking about. One with number two. Yeah, the number no, the one with the volcano. I don't remember which was it. It wasn't Thunderball. It wasn't. Di- it was before Diamonds Are Forever. It would be Gold Member, wouldn't it? Wouldn't Gold Member be one of them? Gold Member is an Austin Powers film. You fuck. <laughs> well, no, no, Goldfinger. Goldfinger was the corresponding Bond film. That's the thing, though, is all of the Austin Powers yeah. titles have a corresponding name to a James Bond film. Like, there's Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember. That it was, was based on the one that was between Thunderball and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I can tell you literally all of the yeah, other I think ones. it was Goldfinger. No, no, because Goldfinger was number three. It's almost but, like you could possibly have some sort of... Google but anyway, search engine, back, back to my point. <laughs> back to my point. Like, I like I hadn't really seen these movies, and, and like, you 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 have that appreciation that uh, Austin Powers kind of were like 
<laughs> pretty accurate when it comes to a lot of their jokes. So, you know, I give them that. Yeah. Like uh, like the uh, the one thing that was pretty accurate in those movies is he had the the chairs that would uh fall underneath and they'd fall into shark tanks. <laughs> yeah. That shit's that shit's accurate. That actually happens like 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 a fair amount in these James Bond movies. Yeah. So, uh, I know Charlie. Before we get into this, you like to you like to you like to go on to the fuck scale. Uh, what, what do we have on this one? I think yeah, it's, absolutely. It ranks pretty high. It, yeah, it ranked it ranked pretty. It started out really strong. Lots of fucking right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. One th- one thing that I like though, one thing that I really like about this movie, it's is that James Bond fucking was the final punchline of the film. That's true. Which was which it usually which is, was though. a really good, good yeah. But uh, in, in this in this one, everybody everybody sees him fucking, and he is like he's not supposed to be fucking that girl. And they're like, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "Just working on relations." Close curtains. Punchline. Fucks. Finn. Great. Great bit. So, so one to ten, what are you feeling on this one? I, I'd say this one's, I'd say this one's seven. I'd say it ranks probably about the same as, um, uh, Live and Let Die. Uh, right. It still doesn't fuck as much as Thunderball, because let's be honest, <laughs> like I don't, I don't think there'll be a Bond movie that has as much fucking as Thunderball. But yeah, it starts off with him, him fucking. It, like first, first thing you see is him fucking. There's also <laughs> another guy. There's also another guy who's fucking a girl that James Bond ends up fucking at the, at the end of the movie, and you see him fuck this girl, and then he goes and fights James Bond, and James Bond kills him, and she was in love with the first guy, but James Bond fucks her anyways. Lots of fucking. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now that we there got was, that out of the way, let's talk about the movie a bit. There was there was another fuck bit like somewhere in in the halfway through the movie, but I don't I don't remember. One thing I noticed about this movie is that they've started to make every single female in this franchise like extremely beautiful with large racks mm-hmm. because they know that they knew that like in the old days when they had characters like that, the people would be like, "Oh, that's one of the people James Bond fucks." But now they're messing with us because they're. They're making them all like that. Like the hotel receptionist. Yeah, I recall the yeah, hotel yeah. receptionist quite exactly vividly, uh, quite vividly. As well as the uh, the helicopter lady, the the lady who was in the helicopter, and he winked at her while she was shooting at him. Mm. That was a good bit. But uh, let's actually let's actually talk about this movie. Uh, of course, this is a continuation of James Bond, and uh, this movie actually Nothing. proved this movie actually proved that this James Bond series is the exact same. It's like the same series as the original, which uh, with uh, Sean Connery, it's the same James Bond because uh, she talks about his wife who died in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, and he gets he gets he gets real crotchety about it. He gets real crotchety about it. I enjoyed that little link back. I do like those little Easter eggs. Um, uh, Roger Moore, man, he's good. Yeah, that's no. Uh, he's he's no Connery. But he's but, so good. Yeah, but like it's one thing you like notice straight out. Like people will be talking, and then like Roger Moore takes takes the spotlight, and you're like, oh man, this dude yeah, is good. Yeah, there were there were Triple X. The main girl in the movie was named Triple X. We're getting back to these these porno names, mm-hmm, but uh, yeah. the main girl was named Triple X, and she was not a very good actress. Uh, she was also a terrible secret agent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She puts everything aside for fucking, but then again, so does Bond, but who cares? So, that. in this one, we have a bad guy who wants to make an underwater city, Argo Atlantis. Um, 
what do you remember what his name was even like? It was like it was like Surxemburg or something weird That's like that. Surxemburg, <laughs> Surxemburg. Nope. nope, none of those. Stop trying. But uh, you know these normally end up in caves, so this was like a little bit refreshing. Um, yeah, he had that. He had that sweet underwater spider fortress. Yeah. Any. Don't worry about that right now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's, this, it's Stromberg. Carl Stromberg was the villain. Right. I was kind of close. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sir Sir Borg is not right. Um, <laughs> this uh, this one had like a lot of locations. Like first they were in Egypt or something, and they were underwater, and then <laughs> they were somewhere else. lots of underwater times. There was that giant boat scene. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that was that, that was, was really amazing. Cool. When freaking Bond led like the revolution with with the submarine captains, that was badass. <laughs> One thing, so heavy. one thing I did notice about this one is it had uh, some of the best Q devices we've seen thus far. Yeah, the fucking hookah gun! The, the hookah, hookah gun! gun. <laughs> oh, amazing! The hookah gun is one I was thinking of specifically. And uh, the underwater car, which is uh, heavily featured. And, uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of which... It's yeah, really I'm the first, s- like... Well, no, there was a cool Bond car last time, but this is, like, the first one that was, like, super cool. Yeah, like like a spy car. This yeah. this. This he also movie. mailed Bond a jet ski at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had to fucking make your own jet ski kit. And then he's like, there was like the weak, the weak Navy guy that was like bringing it to him. He's like, let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one, of, one of the best scenes, look, look, I've seen all the Bonds that we've that are previous this, and I've seen almost, almost all of them that are after this, and the most badass scene I've ever seen in a James Bond film happens in The Spy Who Loved Me. It's the scene right after they're in the underwater with that car, and he just decides to fucking drive onto the beach. Just fucking drive through the water, and everybody's like, oh my god, and he's like, don't give a fuck. And you know what else I noticed? When he comes up from underneath, he's got his ha- arm hanging out the window, and it's like, bro, did you have the window open when you were down there? <laughs> no, he, he opened the window to drop the fish out the window. That was the entire point. Oh yeah, there was the fish bit. That was that's amazing though, like so badass. I think nope. the the two, the two things that got tied for most badass for me in this movie were either when Bond shoots and impales two men with a harpoon gun that he just beat the shit out of someone with, or yeah, when he good. shoots when he shoots the villain in the dick twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's another thing too is that when he kills the villain, usually he d- finds some sort of sneaky or clever way to do it. Not in this movie. He nope. just fucking unloaded a full fucking round on this guy. I really like that too cuz it's, it's it's a lot different than than the rest of them have been so far. So that was cool. You know what we haven't talked about yet? Great. Oh, I know. Great. I was about to all time. I was about to mention it myself. Fucking jaws. Jaws. Not only the greatest henchman, but possibly not not possibly the greatest Bond villain in the entire franchise. Jaws is people with a strong jaw. I'm very I'm very confused. Is he like he's got to be like a cyborg or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's basically Terminator survived like ten different situations that should have killed him easily, mm-hmm. and then he also has the strength to break chains and many other things with his metallic jaws, which I mean, having metal jaws means maybe they won't break if you're chewing on a chain, but it doesn't give you the strength to bite through it. That's true, because like, even like in that scene after they beat the shit out of him and they topple an entire building on him and then he walks out 
and just starts destroying that car with like his hands and shit. It's like, how is he that strong? Like, and he and up. he fucking stops the car when it's in reverse and pushes it forward. No, you can't do that. That's not how human. That's not how humans work at all. He's got to be a Terminator. I I agree. I agree. I also really like the part where Jaws wrestles with the shark and then eats it. Oh yeah, that, was yeah. that part was awesome. <laughs> oh Jaws, and the best part about Jaws is that he is also the villain in our next film, uh, the next film in the franchise, along with Hugo Drax as well. Uh, it's a movie I'm very familiar with. I'm very excited to talk about. It's Moonraker, of course. But uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But we you still got. You know who we were missing? We didn't get. Uh, we didn't get the sheriff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get... Where was where was Sergeant Peppers? <laughs> Sergeant Peppers. A.W. Pepper. Um, he probably Louisiana, where he resides. Most likely. Uh, yeah, but uh, they fucked around in Egypt a lot. No, I don't know. Watching this movie, there's that part where him and him and um, Jaws are sort of walking, and the girl they're walking in like this pyramid place with all these pillars, and they're trying mm-hmm. to find each other. And I was like. It reminded me of the level in Goldeneye that was based on that. Well, because it was based on that. That's like the pyramid. And I was like, that's fucking where that came from. That's amazing. That's amazing. There's a... I didn't feel like... They, they weren't in Egypt for that long in this movie. And they were just there to, like... Show the pyramid and the Sphinx and stuff for... But, like, it didn't have much to do with anything, really. Uh, yeah, also, one thing I thought was really really weird is that they just kind of why did all this stuff that they were doing, why did it just so happen to take place at the Pyramid and the Sphinx? Was it literally so they could just have those things in the movie? It, and was, it was because it was a public place, right? Because what was happening there is the one dude was going to sell the microfilm to um, the Russian chick, or not, not sell the microfilm, but tell her where to go to get it or whatever, but what happened was so he wanted to do it in a public place so she couldn't kill him. But then the guy saw Jaws hiding off in the darkness, and then he got freaked out because he figured Jaws was such a badass that Jaws would kill him anywhere. And then Jaws so he... bit through the lock! Yeah. <laughs> he bit through a lock! So good. So good. Oh, man, Jaws is so good. May he rest in peace. Thank you, Richard Keel. Yeah, Richard Keel's the king. Um, uh, so then after that, we go to... You... We didn't mention this, but there's a badass uh, 70s skiing scene at the very beginning of this. There's oh, a lot that was my <laughs> favorite. The music yeah, and like that's uh. when that's when James Bond kills Triple X's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. His bell bottom yeah. snow pants. Oh, you're da- you're goddamn right. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit um, about the music, like the Bond song. It's not a good one. Definitely not a good Bond. You song. don't think that was a good one? It was literally a song all about how good Bond was at fucking. I thought you would love that song. I thought that would have been your favorite one. I, not really my thing. But, but one thing I did like was the opening credit scene because it was really a like a glimpse into what James Bond opening credit scenes were today. Before they were just kind of you know like projecting movie scenes onto women. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's like that's, all, that's all it was for a while. But in this one, we had the weird stuff where you'd have, you know, bitches dancing on guns and, you know, people shooting and it, you fire it's the It's like gymnastics to me. Just like a good a good ten minutes of naked gymnastics. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. How dare you. But uh, that, this was a really good opening scene. I just... 
I don't know. I did enjoy the the content of the of the song, but um, execution very poor. Yeah, yeah, the very execution wasn't so good. Fair enough. Kind of lame. But this kinda is like song. this is a super good Bond movie. I just want to say that like. Oh, absolutely. I, I know we've been jumping around to everything that happens in this movie, but like overall, it's one of my favorites that I've seen so far. So. I'd yeah. say I'd say it's probably about maybe a little better, if not on par, with Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. Which which if you tuned I don't know, in last three nipples, last week, man, that's you can't really beat that. That's true. <laughs> if you and tuned scared, in last scared, week, you'll know. And there was a midget, Brad. Hey, whoa, hey! Oh, can't, whoa, say, whoa. can't say that word. Oh, easy there, Hardner. <laughs> You're the least politically correct person I know. You can't tell me to say anything. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. But uh, no, yeah. I if you tuned in last week, you'll know I really liked Man with the Golden Gun, and I really like this movie. I think we're in that golden age now, though, where we're gonna have a few really fucking good Bond movies in a row. I know we got uh, Moonraker coming up next, which is one of my favorites. Uh, then uh, Octopussy's coming up as well, which is another one of my favorites. Uh, after after that, more. we could do the we could do the bootleg James Bond after that because it came out same year as Octopussy. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're for sure gonna do Never Say Never again. Like, I, I looked at some screenshots. He's for sure too old, like, at that point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to check it out. But uh, Roger Moore, he's doing good. Uh, I'm not before super we, excited. Before we jump off this, I, I know we've covered pretty much everything, but uh, that last couple, like, the last 20 minutes when they, like, invade the boat and then they have to, like, stop the uh, rockets from blowing up everything, and those... Another thing about like the rockets, they were like, when when they did land, they like nuked up. Like they weren't even. They were yeah, they were nuclear missiles, bro. Yeah, but and they, they blew up nuclear like... submarines. Yeah, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, it would it would nuke up hard. I mean, they probably just fucked up the entire ocean's ecosystem forever. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. That was basically yeah. like dropping four nuclear bombs into the ocean. So America was the first was the first people to use nuclear weapons, and James Bond was the second. Pretty much. Great movie, though. Absolutely, check it out. What do we got next, Charlie? Let's move on to our. I I, I keep wanting to call it a Bond movie because it, I don't know. To me, it's it's sort of like that Never Say Never Again kind of movie where Pierce Brosnan decided, hey. I still want to be James Bond, but Daniel Craig's doing it now, so here's I mean, the November this was, Man. This was sort of different, though. Yeah, and yeah. They said they said fucking had titties in it, so. And Brosnan, Brosnan I, didn't fuck. It's more of like a Taken style thing than anything. Yeah. Like it's it's less like a trying to be James Bond, and more like let's just be action dad. I mean, he's he's trying to relive his youth, but he's reliving it in a different way. He's like, like, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Uh, I, whole, I redact my statement. I redact my statement. He has a whole new genre, which I like to call Action Dad. <laughs> Everybody loves a little good good Action Dad. He so eats. The November Man is an action movie with uh, Pierce Brosnan and some other kid. Who <laughs> looks like baby. It's the baby. Yeah, he looks the like he looks like against the world. <laughs> he looks like Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt mixed with James McAvoy, like a lot. Yeah, he had the flesh color beard, you know. The whole, the whole, the whole Chris Pratt gag. Yeah, yeah. But he was, he was too scrawny to be either of those guys, too. And he also didn't seem like generally what uh, agents, secret agents, look like. 
He kind of had like a uh, what what's guess... his face? A bond? Or not a bond? A born kind of spin. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. Yeah. Fun. But yeah. again, Pierce Brosnan doesn't look very strong either. Like he's got pretty like skinny. Dad. Uh, I don't know. He's got he's got shoulders, bro. Yeah, but like his arms aren't very big. Like he, I don't know if he could lift me. He's showing his age. I mean, if we're comparing him to Liam Neeson, sure he looks like a pussy. But come on, <laughs> it's unfair to it's unfair to make that comparison. I yes, I don't disagree with that. So, but uh, yeah, I I know this this movie does, it doesn't start out super interesting. You get you get um, the Chris Pratt guy shooting a kid. Oh yeah, that did happen. No, Which I'm just saying really like good. the first like half an hour, not a lot of interesting things happen, and then it like it gets to a, a tipping point where it, all of a sudden it gets really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, well, it was, think... was kind of like all intrigue to set the set the score and like give your characters their motivation, and then she just kind of started to wrap off in like succession because we'd set up all the dominoes. So it's kind of like when you're a kid and you spend that time setting up all the dominoes so that you can knock them all over. It's it's, it's waiting for that to happen, which. I mean, it, it's not the most pleasant half an hour, but it, it's it's pretty nice to see them fall over later. It's one thing one thing I notice about this movie, and like, this is just gonna like I'm gonna sound so sexist throughout this entire episode, but it got it it got really interesting legitimately when the kid started fucking. From the from the fuck scene on, it was a it was actually really fun to watch. Well, to that point, one of the, one of the. The bad guys is a chick in this. Yeah, that's true. But uh, our main villain, of course, is a uh, is an angry, corrupt, bald pres- person who's uh, he's like a politician of some sort, or he runs the CIA or something like that, and he's teamed up with Russia to take over Russia or something like that. He but <laughs> Brad, does, Brad doesn't actually know what happened in this movie. Do not listen to his summation. The 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 action and Pierce Brosnan's performance are really laudable in this was, movie. I believe he was the minister of uh, weapons or some such at the CIA. But he yeah. ends up he ends up leading their their Russian ops later on. Once once he they basically he uses the fact that he's got this Russian general in his pocket who's about to become the prime minister of Russia to become the head of the CIA's Russian branch or whatever. Branch. Branch. Yeah, I don't know. I thought the plot was kind of weak. I don't know. They were trying to introduce too much, and then... It's pretty standard from an action movie point of view. Hardner called the kidnapping of the daughter real early. Yeah, super early, actually. If there's uh, there's a daughter and a dad in a dad film, that daughter's getting kidnapped, man. That is absolutely correct. I don't know. It's this sort of reminded me, and this is a strange, this is a, such a strange um, uh, link to make. But this sort of reminded me of the Da Vinci Code because you had your action dad, and uh, you know he was just a regular guy who didn't do anything wrong, and suddenly the government wants him, and he's trying to save a girl who accidentally got caught up in the whole thing. Very Da Vinci Code action daddy. Yeah, I don't remember that much about Da Vinci Code. It's it's not very good. But. <laughs> you think that's you think that's the origin of the Action Dad movies? Because that came out a long time ago. I, I wouldn't say it's the origin, but I'd say it's definitely one of the one of the flagship Action Dad movies. All right. But uh, I don't know. This movie this movie had really really good action, and that's what you want. I didn't care about the story. I like I knew what was going on, but I just didn't 
give a shit. I really... I think mostly because it was, like, fairly standard and had a lot of tropes in it, so... Yeah. And then it was, like, I don't know. And then she went and tracked down that general was... who attacked her, killed her family, and it was, like, I... Like, there was that just... one scene in this movie when Pierce Brosnan is, like, at the table, and he's, like, gonna cut the chick. That shit was amazing. And it was, like, one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen, like, it was, yeah, yeah that was, was awesome. really good. Really good. I just wish that whoever wrote that scene had wrote the rest of the screenplay. Because <laughs> it felt like, it felt like it was, it literally felt like a different kind of writing style in that scene only. You know what I mean? I can see that, I suppose. But I, but, I doubt it actually is someone different that wrote that I, scene. <laughs> I doubt it is too, but I just like to believe it. I, I want that scene to just be a movie by itself, and I will like that movie and only kind of like the rest of this movie. It was still, it was fun to watch. Like, well, Pierce, Col- Colby Pierce and I were talking. Pierce a good actor, but like, he's, he just hasn't been anything good in a long time. Yeah, Colby and I were talking about this while we were watching it, and like, it just, it came to our attention that like, our dads would love this shit. Oh, yeah, my dad would love this movie. This is, it's a dad action movie, man. Yeah, my dad, my dad's big into Taken, so my dad would fucking be all over this oh, action Born, Born is like my favorite, uh, or my dad's favorite movie. Actually, so it is. I just watched the first two Bourne movies with my dad last weekend. And, like, it's it's sort of similar to that. I guess, it's, like, in the same vein to me. It's about, like, corruption in the CIA, and that's a lot of what Bourne is about, so. Yeah. It, yeah. Overall, overall, this movie, it had a lot of tropes. It was pretty standard. But for the hour and 40 minutes that I was watching it, I was enjoying it. Past the 30-minute mark. Also, there was a fuck scene, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's not, like, incredibly memorable. I don't know if I would watch it again, necessarily. It's not bad, though. If someone someone put it on, I wouldn't be like, get that shit out of my face. (laughs) That's true. If my dad called me and was like, want to watch a movie tonight, I'd be like, yeah, download November Man, let's do it. Yeah, I might even recommend it uh, next time my dad asks for a movie. Yeah, Yeah. I I can see it as a recommendation for the father. Yeah. (laughs) In your life. This is a... This is for all you people out there who are still thinking about what to get your dad for Christmas. Yeah. We, uh, we do get actually, That actually wouldn't be a bad gift. Get him the Blu-ray of November, man. He'd fucking... Your dad would like that, probably. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, if I might do it. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this podcast. Nice. <laughs> I met your dad doesn't like anything to do with you, Brad. <laughs> Just accept that. That's true. That's true. If you've ever met my dad, my dad's a big fan of making fun of me in front of my friends. And on the internet in general. And on, uh, and on the internet on Facebook. Facebook comments. They're my favorite thing ever. <laughs> dad comments. <laughs> yeah, my dad's my dad's big on it. He does it to everyone in my family too, though. Like he even does it to my mom. <laughs> it's all it's all just angry, angry, like you're stupid and I'm not comments. But you know, we're talking about we're talking about my dad now, and I don't know why. <laughs> Bobby Fox is dad the podcast. <laughs> Bobby Fox is the original troll though. So. Yeah. It's true. Troll Bob. My my dad, my dad don't. The day he was born, man. My dad signed up for the internet, <laughs> which I just realized. My dad signed up for the internet like two years ago, and ever since, like he just knew exactly what the internet was like before he got into it. I was like, I heard people are kind of shitty on the internet, so <laughs> I gotta be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I don't know. I, there's not much more we can say about this. Bye for your dad. Your dad might like it. Uh, very dad-like movie. 
Yeah. And you and you know I don't think I'd ever watch it again, but I had a good time while I was watching it past the first unwatchable thirty minutes. Yeah, it's not that bad, but I, I don't know this the scene where Pierce Brosnan was like was like don't have relationships, they'll just get you into trouble. I'm like shut the fuck up, <laughs> Jesus, nobody cares. So yeah, I would say uh, you know see it once, see it once. It's probably it seems about right. I think I think that's about everything that we had to cover today. Yeah. Or how we how we doing for time? Uh, we got about ten minutes left. Um, got about ten minutes. Oh, I don't. I'm trying to think of a Chadley rants now. Well, isn't uh, isn't uh, Pitch Perfect two coming out, Chadley? Oh, oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect might be the worst movie that's come out in the last five years. I kind of like it. Yeah. See, Colby kind of likes it, but it. I never saw it. But one thing that I really hate about this movie, I'm going to, for anybody watching on the YouTube, this is for anybody watching on the YouTube. Basically, the reason I hate it is that it it taught little girls that this is music. So, seriously, seriously, fuck. You almost, you almost had a beat going there, actually. That wasn't too bad. Oh yeah, because because That's it's not it's skill. because it's not hard. It's not musical, Hardner. <laughs> it's not music. That's I hate fucking I hate Pitch Perfect for so many reasons. A lot. What one thing that I do like about Pitch Perfect is that Anna Kendrick is very good. But we got uh, in that movie. We we've talked about this before when we were talking about uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. But I'm gonna direct this more at Rebel Wilson. Oh yeah, I can't, zero talent. I can't. I can't do Rebel Wilson. She's not funny, and everything is. Look how stupid and fat I am, and it's like, good, good and job, Australian. well done. And Australian, stupid, fat, and Australian. Good for you. I'm very glad that you're sharing how stupid you are with the world. I would Fuck. say she she's a zero talent. Yeah, absolutely I, zero talent. I, I thought Melissa McCarthy was also a zero zero talent, but after I seen her in like a serious role, I was about ten percent talent. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there, there's some talent there. Every movie that she, <clears throat> every movie that she doesn't make a fat joke about herself, her talent goes up five percent. Yeah. Every movie that she does make a fat joke on, though, down five percent. Down by hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second, the second she goes back to that trope, it's, it's all over for her. No, but like, uh, what's the last like couple movies she did? There's one with Sandra Bullock, fucking unwatchable. Oh, um, um yeah, The Heat. Yeah, there's like a Tammy or something. I just saw like. Oh yeah, Tammy. Tammy in, is so bad. I saw it in Redbox today. I'm like, who, who, who gets that? Like, <laughs> you see it, it's like fucking sold out in Redbox, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, one time I saw, I saw like, I was at one of those Redboxes, and I was just sort of scrolling through, and one of the movies in there was one some some shitty, obviously straight to DVD Pac-Man movie, and it and it said sold out, and I was like. Who the fuck is watching got, that straight to DVD? Really had one copy in there. So. They got all the copies. There's actually like 20 in there. He's like, I need them all. <laughs> He's got like 20 screens of Pac-Man straight to DVD just surrounding him while he eats See? popcorn and plays Pac-Man. Listening to other people try to decide what to rent on the Redbox might be the worst thing you could ever watch in your life. It's so frustrating because you know they're going through and like you want to be like, oh, uh, that movie, but they're like, they're like, you oh, just Hercules. step up, push them aside, and choose for them. They, they're like, they're you looking through like and they're like, good movie. 
they're like, oh, I I don't know if I want to watch. Uh, just for an example, let's think of a good movie. I don't know if I want to watch The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Hercules with The Rock. I like The Rock. Do you want to get Hercules good. with The Rock? I think Grand Budapest is in there right now, with, right beside Hercules. So that's a. You see, you see, you see people skipping over Grand Budapest Hotel, and you're like, ah. ah. <laughs> They're like. Ooh, The Rock. He looks strong in this one. <laughs> Do you think he's strong? Well, it's about Hercules. I'm only buying this if it's got calves for days. Well, you're in luck, man. You I don't know. I just for weeks, actually. I just so many dumb people at the Red Box. So many dumb people. And you, you know who are the most dumb people? Is that, like I'm just gonna go out and say, his fucking kids at the Red Box are really annoying. Like well, kids aren't smart, Chadley. I, I know, but I know, but sometimes it's you sometimes it's. <laughs> Sometimes it's wildly frustrating when I see a kid at a red box because the kid will like look at something good and be like, that looks stupid, without even knowing what it is. They'll look at the title and be like, well, that sounds dumb. Did well, you have good taste in movies when you were a child, Brad? No, he didn't. Yes, I yes I did. I mean, you barely have good taste in movies now. Dude, do you know who my do you know who my parents are? I was raised on school bag, uh, film school douchebaggery. I saw I saw Shawshank or I saw Shawshank Redemption for the first time when I was nine, and The Godfather for the first time when I was eleven. My parents my parents made sure I was fucking medicated, not medicated. You still educated. liked a lot of shitty movies over the years, though, Chadley said. That's true. I did. I did. There was there was in a stint when I was a kid where the only movie that I would watch on repeat was a TBS uh, copy that I taped off of TV of What's the Worst That Could Happen with Danny DeVito. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, there was there was a time when I had a, an obsession with John Leguizamo, so I watched The Pest, uh, of course, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I enjoyed the Ice Age sequels at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> perspective for you people. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I have pretty decent taste now. I. I guess. <laughs> it's all rightish, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. People at the red box, though, go, go fuck yourself. Well, that's the Every... thing, though. Like, when you're at the, when you see someone at the red box, you know they're either gonna have decent taste and they'll get something good, or they have the worst taste in the world. Like, well, most people, most people who use red box are stupid because they don't realize that they have like Netflix and the internet and stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know. That I might, equate that. that might actually be why they put such shitty movies in the red box because it's for yeah. old people and people. Who don't understand the internet. I, I honestly believe that Redbox was invented for people who didn't understand that, you know, having Blockbuster anymore was a, an outdated concept. That's that's all the, that's for. Uh, that might be true. So I think that's uh, pretty much it. What are we watching next week, Chadley? Next week, we got a few good movies on the block. Of course, we have Morgan Freeman and Scarlett Johansson in the classic Lucy. We're going to see the, the classic. I've heard, it's, I've heard it's pretty good. We're going to check out Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. And then, of course, of course, I'm, I'm watching this tonight. I'm so excited. I'm so excited right now. We have fucking Moonraker. James Chubby's Bond is Moonraker. off under the table right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a fucking I, I'm only wearing a loincloth under here. There is the loincloth. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, uh, you can't unsee that. 
<laughs> uh, we got Moonraker next, which is so fucking good. So fucking good. I'm so excited. So make sure that you tune in next week. It would be really funny if it didn't hold up. Like, Brad just hated it this time. Uh, he's seen it recently. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't happen. I saw it about a year ago. I also watched Jason X recently. So good. So good. Fish out of fish out of story in it or fish out of water and onto the moon is my favorite movie genre. It's true. I do love me some fish out of water. So, That's why I liked Interstellar so much. Head on over to punchnerds.com and check out our shows. We're gonna be on again next week, so come check out this show. <laughs>